0: The following audio is from Fellowship Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to love God, love others, and make disciples. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Uh, This is another episode of our Fellowship podcast, Uh, pretty much going over Sunday's sermon. If you're catching us on Facebook uh, or video live, um, make sure to go back and listen to the sermon, and we kind of chop it up here. Uh, it was an interesting week. We had to miss a week because of the winter storm that came through Texas. Yeah, miss Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, missed the podcast and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. it was so cold. Uh, <laughs> <It> <laughs> I was... live here for a reason. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I actually don't mind the cold. I like I like cold weather, uh, but I don't like it to where it gets so cold that it freezes pipes and makes it where I can't drink my water and all that good yeah. stuff. Losing power, losing power. Yeah, I'm not I'm not down with that. No. I like snow. I like cold, but I don't want to deal with all the yeah. craziness of losing power.
1: It's very obvious Texas is not equipped we're for not anything built like for that. No, no, no. So. we are not built for this. So the the least of that we can have
0: the better. Yeah, yeah I think we're probably done. It's warming up. Yeah, getting towards March. I don't. Yeah, it feels anything. good outside
1: now. For sure, yeah, um, yeah, and you know, I thought I thought people were going to stay home on Sunday, and they didn't. I mean, yeah, uh, great crowd Sunday, a really good crowd, and I was really expecting it. As the church started, I was thinking, oh well, there boy. were there
0: people that still couldn't shower and stuff? I was surprised <laughs> it was a good crowd too. I really yeah. expected, you know, no water and people exhausted from the week that they yeah. take the Sunday off. But we got some pretty faithful people, so yeah. that's good. Just
1: make sure you stay that six feet apart. And yeah, you won't recognize it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get going here. Um, you said you were in week six of uh, of our series, Move Twenty Twenty One, and this one was go. So you know you went through. Uh, gather, grow, give, go, and they were all kind of pointing to this moment here. Go, and you'll spend next week too, or this Sunday rather. This will be the last one. Going over again where we go, right? This one was why we go. This week is where we go, and so um, I have a couple of questions. And I think um, as I was listening to your sermon, uh, I kind of jotted this down. But you, your first, your first point was that we are compelled to go right yeah now um the way i understood that is you know you you're compelled to do something you do it whether you kind of want to or not right it's just like this drawing you in and uh if we're compelled to go i guess the question would be what do you say to people who have been in church quote unquote for a long time and who've never gone or never have been a witness so i mean like what's your definition of compelled and if you know, what do you say to those people who don't meet that definition?
0: Yeah, so that's a that's a tricky question. I feel like we always kind of get brought back to the same idea, and uh, I think it's important to note. We kind of talked about this beforehand that uh, when we start drawing hard lines on on these issues, it's not because uh, you know we want to call someone to question their salvation or anything like that. It's, we're, we're, we're not trying to make judgments on whether someone is saved. So I'm not going to say if you've never shared your faith, you're not a Christian. Right. Because that's a hard line to draw, and I, I'm not the person who, you know, that's, that's only for God to judge. Sure. Um, but what I, I do feel called to do according to Scripture is to present the truth of Scripture um, that, that very clearly says that the, the fruit of salvation is obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if there's no obedience, then I'm not going to tell you that you're not a Christian because, again, it's not my place to judge that. But I will tell you that that John says that, you know, our, our faith should lead to obedience, that If we really love God. We're going to obey him. Mm. Um, and so that first point compelled to go. Uh, what I think Paul is saying there is that if we truly understand the love of Christ, like if we recognize the gift that's been given to us the grace and mercy and love of God when we didn't deserve it. Right. Then that, that changes our heart and compels us in a way to want to live in obedience to God, that we, we in turn lay our lives down back for him, that that's right. the product of true salvation. The true salvation, um, is Lordship. And, and we've talked about this over and over again, right? L- uh, without Lordship, there is no salvation. If you haven't surrendered your life to Christ. Yeah then Scripture says you're not a Christian. Now, the tricky part of that is is I can't tell you whether you've surrendered to Christ or not. Yeah, that's true. Uh, only you can judge that based on your you know, your heart and who you are and your relationship with Christ. Um, but to, to answer that question, what would I tell someone who's never shared their faith? I would tell you there's two options. One, you don't know Christ, mm-hmm. and I think that the vast majority probably would be in that boat. If you've never shared your faith, Either you don't know Christ, or two, um, you're you, you know him, but you've you've chosen to live in rebellion in this area for whatever reason. Yeah, and even that gets kind of tricky because if you're living in rebellion, have you truly surrendered? Mm. Now, can Christians ebb and flow? Of course, we make decisions, but yeah, we, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were studying First John, we talked about the difference between sin, missing the mark, and uh, lawlessness, mm-hmm. rebellion. There's a difference there. Right. And so if you know, you know, a baby Christian may come to Christ and not really truly understand that they're committing to be goers. Mm -hmm. But if you've been in church for a while, you've heard that there's this call in your life from God to be an ambassador for Christ. That's what Paul's saying. Yeah. And if you truly grasp and know the love of Christ, if you've given him your life and surrender, then the product of that is obedience to what he said that you're Mm going to do. So, you know, that would kind of be my response to that person is one. Maybe it's time to do an honest evaluation of your heart. Do you truly know Christ? Have you ever truly surrendered your life to Jesus? And I'm not talking about parts of your life to Jesus because that's not surrender. I'm talking about true surrender, giving your entire life to Christ. Have you done that? And if you can answer that question and say yes, then I would say, well, then you tell me why don't you go. Yeah. Because it's very clear in that text, Paul's saying that when we recognize and we truly understand the love of Christ, that love of Christ compels us surrender our life to Jesus well what did Jesus tell us to do yeah he told us to go and that's why Paul connects the dots later when he talks about being ambassadors for Christ
1: yeah and I think you know we do talk about that a lot we you know we see those but we do see hard lines in scripture you know yeah and 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 I'm with you that's why as a minister of the gospel I feel I have to then inform people Mm -hmm. about these hard lines and that can be misconstrued I think I think people can say you know we're making judgment yeah. Uh, and nobody's told me this. I haven't talked to anybody. I just, you know, as we were fleshing it out, I was thinking like, golly, we talk about that a lot. But at the same time, uh, you know, I I can I can definitively say in the Bible, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Yeah. I can definitiv- definitively say a lot of things that the Bible lays out. And these are some of them. Yes. Right. That there's going to be this fruit and that there's going to be, you know, this love for others. And there's going to be witness and everything and uh and you know you talked about ebbs and flows and and i would agree with that you know i think i think it's hard i think if if you just don't you know even if you know you need to witness and you don't really ever have that like um you know you don't you you turn it off and you say yeah i know i need to but i'm not going to do that yeah you know that's a that's a uh, to me that's one of those like you need to question what are you in this for yeah because i think i do think you can you know, like, like you said, at times have ebbs, ebbs and flows, you know, like mm-hmm. not listen to what the Holy Spirit says at times and other times do, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All of sin is, is choosing to reject. I mean, the Holy Spirit convicts you when you sin, if you have the Holy Spirit. So sure. every time you sin, you're choosing in that moment to not do what you know you're supposed mm. to do. Um, but there's a difference between missing the mark occasionally and lawlessness. Yeah. A lifestyle of rebellion. And so if you spent your whole journey with christ in lawlessness choosing to rebel in any area then i think that's that's a sign that there may not be regeneration that maybe it may be time for you to really honestly evaluate did you truly surrender to christ and yeah. and it does sound we our hearts we i mean we know each other people listening may not know us in a mm-hmm. personal way but um i can say truly that i'm not i'm not judging other people I'm just, right my job as a preacher of the gospel is to tell you what the scripture says yeah and this is when i read the scripture it's very black and white very clear that the product of salvation is obedience yeah and if there is no obedience then there is no surrender if there is no surrender then there is no salvation
1: yeah and obedience is going
0: and obedience yeah. is going that's yeah, that's, that's what, the point of that's what ties it all together yeah, yeah.
1: yeah and you know it reminds me um you know also we're not perfect right no i mess up all yeah the, time. the 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 fact that we preach this and you know really you know, I feel, because like I said, because we're ministers of the gospel, we're, we have to, right? Like, and then we wear it first. Well, when I'm,
0: when I'm preparing these sermons, let me just tell you that there's, every week there's conviction in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't, I'm not, I'm not doing what, you know, it's like Paul says, sometimes you, you do what you know you're not supposed to do and you don't mm-hmm. do what you, you know, you know, you know you're know you supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I'm convicted when I read this because you can always do more. You can sure. always evangelize more. You can always give more. Um, and so there's always that level of conviction as I'm preparing the message. So, you know, it's not coming from a judgmental heart. It's coming from a man This challenged me and I want to share it with you because it, it it changed me and I want it to change you too. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it compelled, you know, like I was saying, you know, obviously we're not perfect. We don't always listen to what the Holy Spirit says, but I remember one time we were, uh, we, we were eating at Texas Roadhouse. It was like a Wednesday night after church and, uh, And we we you know the story, but we went and uh, and we were eating. It was late. And and I saw this couple right next to us. We're like at a table there in a booth and they've they've got like these they're on their second big margarita cup, you know, the ones that are like cover your face. And uh, and so they looked obviously like they were tipsy and we're eating. And I like started feeling the Holy Spirit saying like, hey, you need to like talk to these people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And at that moment, I'm like, no, I don't. Holy right. Spirit, I'm sorry. You know, like, uh, there's just, just no way. Uh, how am I going to get into this conversation whatever? But the more they sat there, the more I sat there, the more the Holy Spirit kept, like, prodding me to mm-hmm. do that. And eventually, you know, I struck up a conversation with the guy, and we, you know, exchanged information, and, you know, it didn't really lead to much. But, but, but I have had moments where I felt the Holy Spirit doing that and then not done it, mm. you know, for fear or whatever the case is. Um, and, and so, you know, if you're listening, don't, you know, don't, don't have the misunderstanding to say, golly, you know, sometimes I don't, and am I saved? You know, that's, that's not at all what we're trying to say. Right. What we're trying to say is if you, if you don't have that at all,
0: there's no conviction,
1: there's no conviction, you know, like sure you know you know it's a uh, understanding but you you know don't really care for it or whatever that's that's when you want to check your heart as john chris would say like right you know what are you doing why right. why are you doing this and what is the point of all this yeah, yeah and and that would be the definition of compelled right compelled is you feel it strongly it's pulling you drawing you and yes sometimes you are gonna listen and sometimes you're not yeah exactly yeah Alright, and then so um, that actually segues well into our my next question. Uh, so we're compelled to go, we have this drawing and everything, and then you said con- convert uh, that we're converted to go. Mm-hmm. And so, is it fair to say that the sole purpose of one's conversion is to go and be a witness?
0: I don't know that I would draw that hard of a line to say it's the sole purpose. Um, I would say that while you're here on earth that the product of your salvation is absolutely going. Yeah. I mean, that's how you glorify God. The sole purpose is to glorify God, right? God saves you for his own purposes, for his own glory. And while you're here on earth, how do you bring glory to God? By living in obedience to him and going, right? Um, Ultimately we'll get to heaven one day and we won't be going anymore. There won't (laughs) be no reason to go anymore, but we'll live in the fruit of, of our salvation. We'll live in the reward of our salvation at that point and just spend eternity glorifying God. Um, so, uh, I would say that that the purpose here and now is, yeah, you go, and God um, changed your heart and gave you this new perspective so that you can see people in d- in a different way. There's a reason for that. Right. He doesn't give you a new perspective so you can continue to live, you know, in your own little world. Yeah. If you are living in your own little world, then you don't have that new perspective. You're not that new creation, like mm-hmm. Paul says, right? If you've been converted. Then Paul says, "Your new creation, and the product of that new creation, is a new perspective. Yeah. That when you look at it on a lost world, you don't see people who are different than you, and who, you know, think differently than you, and act differently than you. And you know, there's this whole thing right now where everything's political, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and Republicans hate Democrats, and Democrats hate Republicans. And how many times have we seen people who profess Christ oh, who, yeah. are, who are You know, right wing right wing conservatives who literally hate the left. Mm -hmm. Like They hate them more often than we would like to see. Yeah, Yeah, that's a sad reality because that is not a new perspective. Right. The new perspective says when I look at a lost person and and I'm not saying all Democrats are lost. So (laughs) let me clarify (laughs) because you're a Democrat, you're not lost. But but if you are a proponent of abortion, then I would say I would find that. I would think that that would be very hard to be for ab- abortion, sure. and also, you know, proclaim to be a Christian. Those two things are antithesis of each other, right? Um, but, um, you know, if you're if you're for abortion, or if you if you hate Christianity. I think Christians, our response should still be love and to see that that person is just blinded to the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. They've never been awakened as we have been as Christians. And so we don't look at them with anger and resentment. We look at them with love and mercy and compassion and we mourn the fact that they're lost, like Paul said. Yeah. But that's the product of conversion. That's the product of a new perspective. That's the product of being a new creation, like Paul says. And so um, I've kind of deviated off the question. But yeah,
1: I mean, so... I guess when I asked the question, you know, our sole purpose for conversion is to go and be a witness. I mean, obviously, our conversion is to glorify God and yeah. eventually be with him, be reconciled to him. Yeah. Right. He desires a relationship. We with us. be away. Yeah. He desired away. to be in, yeah, in, to with be in communion yeah. with us. But however, it's an it's an element in the whole process that you can't do without. Right. Right. Um. Because that's our as we live on this earth. Why else? What else is there to do? Right.
0: Well, if does that make sense? If you have this new perspective, right? If yeah. You're looking out and seeing a lost world, and you're mourning that. Like, look, look, Paul. The example I read in Paul from right. Paul when he sees his, uh, you know, brothers and sisters who, uh, who are, you know, they're part of this Judaism faith, and they don't know Christ, and mm-hmm. they're rejecting him, and he's saying, "Look, I, I would almost rather just give up my salvation so that they can come to know Christ." That's yeah. how much he mourned the lostness of these people. If you have that, you can't not. <laughs> Tell someone about Jesus, right? If you're yeah. if you've been changed and you have this new perspective, how do you possibly keep that to yourself when you're laying in bed at night mourning the fact that your neighbor doesn't know Jesus, right? Or that your family member doesn't know Jesus, and if you're mourning that, what does that lead to? If you truly are sad and sorrowful for the fact, the fact that people are lost, yeah, you're what, gonna what, go. You're gonna go. Yeah, you're, you're gonna go. I mean, if it's it's a it's a natural response to someone who's been changed by the gospel yeah if you've been changed and made into crea- into a new creation you have this new perspective where you see people not as enemies but as people who are lost and need jesus and you mourn the fact that they're lost then you're right. gonna go yeah it's 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 a natural response
1: so maybe it's not the sole purpose of conversion but it's a. but it is a purpose it is, it is
0: a primary purpose while you're here on earth
1: yeah it's a i would say it's the only purpose while you're here on earth yeah. right like you said, yeah, obviously glorifying God. That's how do number you glorify one. God while you're on earth? Yeah. yeah. How do you glorify God? And John would say by obedience. Obedience. And yeah. It all comes back to obedience, it always, right? It always comes back to that. That if you're not going to be obedient to what Jesus said, then in essence, you never did surrender. Yeah. I mean, Lord is Lord. Lord is Lord.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. So, uh, you, so it was, uh, compelled to go, converted to go and then committed to go. So. Committed to go? Would it, would this be like a prerequisite understanding to salvation, or rather, like should it be a prerequisite to salvation? Like when I'm when I'm talking to somebody about counting the cost, is that one of the things that I need to you know add in there? Not add in there. That sounds horrible. It sounds like you're adding to salvation, but you know, you get what I'm trying Including to say. Included in the discussion. Included in the discussion of here's what it's going to take. Right. Here's what Christianity looks like. What what is, what is your thought on that?
0: Yeah, I think that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think that we, the the church, does a v- very poor job, or has done a very poor job. The, not not fellowship, but the church in whole as a whole, Christianity, big C, yeah, uh, has done a horrible job with this. Um, hmm. If someone's coming to Christ, What
1: commitment, or what are you talking about?
0: If someone's coming to Christ, they have to surrender to Him as Lord, right? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the, pre- the 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 main thing of salvation. You repent of your sin, and you believe, which is faith, which is surrender, mm-hmm. right? You have to surrender. It has to include that, or it's not salvation. But most of the time when people are sharing their faith, all they're doing is saying, you know, you want to give your life to Christ. Give your life to Christ, and and he'll give you these different things. You know, he's going to give you peace and all this stuff, which is true. But I don't feel like often we really are honest and upfront with what it means to give your life to Christ, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we're not— yeah. We're not talking about the cost, like you said. There is a cost to coming to Christ. It's you laying down your life. It's like it's like Jesus said, you know, "Take up your cross and follow me." There is this aspect of you killing your old self and your own desires and your own ambitions and taking up the ambitions and in the and in the, in what God wants for your life. It's sure. it's rejecting your old self and choosing Christ. That that's salvation. And if we don't communicate that well, then we're not. Telling people the gospel, we're yeah. just telling them, "Hey, there's this Jesus guy and he loves you." Well, that's that's great, but there's more to it than that. Like you, to to truly know Christ, you have to surrender to Him, and and so all that to say, we, we've we've missed out on you know communicating that and talking about the cost. And so yes, I think that uh, it would be fantastic if when you're witnessing to someone and sharing your faith with someone, is that you do talk about the cost and you do talk about the inevitable. Um, place where where this salvation leads, which is to be used by God to to build His kingdom. Yeah, I mean, ult- ultimately that's where this all leads. So why wouldn't you communicate that when you're talking to someone about right. about the cost? Yeah. Um, I I kind of equate it to salvation to like a blank check, right? Your your handy got a blank check mm. and saying you have it all. Right? Yeah. Um, and so it may not be that someone truly understands what. All of the things that they're giving up mean. I don't know that they necessarily have to like have go down a checklist and say, "All right, I'm giving up <laughs> this. I'm giving up this. I'm giving up this. I'm giving up yeah. this." But I think what does have to happen is that they say, "Here's the blank check." And as I go through this, and I'm discipled, and I learn more, I'm mm-hmm. going to learn more of the thing, and I'm going to learn more about what surrender means. Right. Um, but I started with the blank check, so when those questions arise, it's already a done deal. I've already given it to God. Yeah. So as far as purpose in, in life being to go. If, if you started with the blank check, then when you get to that point in your discipleship process, then when you, it's, well, I've already given God my life. So if that's what right. that means, then sign me up and good, let's go. But yes, someone <laughs> should have the conversation. Does someone have to have the conversation for someone truly to get saved? Maybe not. Sure. Because if someone starts off with that full surrender, they don't have to go into every detail. Yeah. But should we tell people? Yeah.
1: Do, so, you know, talking about counting the cost, do you think that, um, out of fear of, you know, because we know salvation is a free gift from God. That's what Paul says, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a,
0: not of works lest anyone should boast. Yeah. yeah all that. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if it wasn't free, then I did something for it. And so when you say count the cost, I think people hear costing something and then now it's not free. Yeah. Do you think that's a thing that people are afraid of? I mean, why, why have we cheapened the gospel? And I say that not trite, you know, like uh, it's, it sounds horrible to say it that way, yeah. but I feel like the gospel has been cheapened down to a way to say, you know, you know, don't worry about the, don't worry about the cost, don't worry about any of that, and this is like a, you know, a, a get to heaven, a, you know, become a better person type thing, which all that is included, but I don't, you know, I, that's not the purpose of why. I, god saves you right well god, that's that's
0: god. that's the product of of faith right right all that other, all that other stuff falls into place sure it's got to start with faith And faith the product of faith is surrender mm-hmm. there's a difference between you know belief and faith those are two radically different things hmm. and i think that that's i think you're right i think that people have cheapened the gospel and i don't know why i mean everybody's got their own motives i think some of it is uh it goes back to preachers really liking to be able to say man we had 20 people get saved at this revival mm. you know yeah and and focusing on the results rather than true conversion right and I, i've seen that before that's why i say that i'm not saying that that's every person's motive you can't judge people's hearts but i've definitely seen where people are like man we gotta report every little car that came through because we, we we, we want to tell people how many people yeah and it's all about the results yeah um but if the results aren't real what's the point yeah i mean jesus said right like narrow is the way yeah and wide is the way to destruction and that there would be few who come yeah to think that multitudes of people are going to come to christ is antithetical to what jesus said yeah he said only few are going to enter the narrow gate (laughs) yeah most people are going through that wide gate to destruction but a few will get it a few will understand surrender and they'll walk through that narrow gate and, uh, and so, for us to think that we're gonna have this revival and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people are going to come to Christ and it yeah. be true conversions to me doesn't it doesn't fit right. right with what Jesus said in that in that scripture.
1: yeah, and I always think about you know talking about commitment and your this is the commitment you're making like you said that blank check, you know w- this is not something new to the Bible writers, right? This is not something new to Paul it's not definitely not new to Jesus. You know, he talked about it when the builder's going to build, you know, a house. Doesn't he count the cost, you know, yeah. and then try to understand what it's all going to take for this to be accomplished. And and for Paul to say, you know, like he's going to give his life down and, you know, like mm. he's no longer going to live for himself, but he's going to live for Jesus Christ. Like as they were preaching that, in my opinion, you know, there was it was clearly understood. Right. Mm. That to, you know, to uh to confess jesus as lord is to deny caesar as lord yeah right that's a cost right and and we've we've transformed that into confess christ as lord as speaking a prayer right and that's incorrect
0: yeah if i just say that jesus is lord
1: that's not that's, a confession it's
0: not a confession like right. confession is is you really truly give yourself to it i always kind of think of it in the way of you know i've never been skydiving but (laughs) if you 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 can believe that that parachute's going to save you and really believe it like that parachute has the power to save me but when you (laughs) jump out of that plane we're talking about a total different ball game right yeah at that point you've literally put your life in the hands of that parachute right um and so we're you know it's two two total different things of, of belief and faith um, faith is jumping out of the plane and saying God you're in control I don't I don't understand it all and sometimes we look at scripture and we're like I don't, why does God do it this way? yeah that's true yeah. why does he let bad things happen to good people why mm-hmm. does he allow you know why does he allow certain things to happen yeah. and, and but but we have to come to a point for for surrender means that regardless of what happens regardless of what the the, the command is regardless of what happens in my life, Jesus is Lord, mm-hmm. and I'm going to trust that His way is the right way, and and when you have that faith, when you when you get that, then all that other stuff comes falls into place, right? The obedience mm-hmm. is a product of faith, right? If yeah. you truly believe that Jesus is Christ, that He is the Lord, that He is Lord, and His way is the right way, then then faith leads to obedience. You're going to trust what He says, and you're going to do it His way, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, um, if you know. If, if Jesus says, go and make disciples, you're going to do that. If he says mm-hmm. that's where the abundant life is found, then you're going to trust that that's where life is found yeah. and not try to, you know, become the own little God in your, in your life. And and that's what the bigger issue is. It's, it's an idolatry issue typically where we put ourselves on the throne of our life and our little puny, little mm-hmm. cheesy throne that we sit on thinking <laughs> that we're awesome. And, and then there's yeah. this, you know, there's God in the throne room of heaven. who's like, are you kidding me? Hmm. Are you, do you really think that you're better at this than I am? What an insult, right? Yeah, definitely. And uh, if, if Jesus is Lord, then then he is king of our hearts. He's king of our lives. And if that means we go, then we go. Right. If that means we, you know, get our life right and, and choose to, to honor him with every our marriages and how we raise our kids. And, I mean, all of that is yeah. part of it. But ultimately... It has to be all of it. It can't just be the moral part of it. Mm. right? You can't just say, well, you know what, Jesus, I trust you with my morality. I'm going right. to clean my life up. Follow and, the Ten and, Commandments. And, and follow the Ten Commandments. Yeah. I'm not going to cheat on my wife. I'm going gonna, gonna to raise my kids and bring them to church. And I'm going to do all the good stuff, but I'm not going to do that sharing my faith thing because that mm. overwhelms me. Well, no, Jesus isn't Lord then right you, you you didn't write a blank check you you said here's what i'm willing to give you but mm. i'm not willing to give it to you all all of it well that's not lordship that's not salvation that's true yeah that's that's you saying yes you still be on your little puny throne like all right god here i'm gonna, let, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this little piece but i'm still still on this little throne and i'm gonna control my, my mm. own little
1: yeah. and that's not salvation at all that's not salvation yeah so i'm gonna hit you with a little curveball here and uh, we really didn't prepare for this, but <laughs> um, but I but I want to know. Uh, you know, what we talked about earlier about fear and, you know, how, you know, I'm real black and white. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I'll throw something out there and you'll be like, well, hold on. Think about it this way. And so we, I was talking about how, you know, the way I, I view compelled and committed and all this stuff you were talking about is like, you know, if there's a burning building and I'm afraid of heights and I'm afraid of fire. But yet, my daughter's on the tenth floor. You know what's gonna stop me from going in there? Right. You know, somebody like me, maybe nothing. But you talked about another instance where somebody was crippled by fear. Yeah. And uh, and so I get that. What are some practical ways that if somebody's listening right now, uh, and somebody's watching or whatever, and what are what are some practical ways that you know they say, man, I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid to share my faith. I'm so afraid of what people are going to say. Or I just, I don't want to look like an idiot. You know, like, I don't know what they're going to say. What are some practical ways, maybe some baby steps to get them from point A to point B? From yes. not sharing and being afraid to sharing to here we go. Let's, let's do this.
0: Yeah. So this is a fantastic question. And uh, as much as I don't like being surprised by questions, <laughs> I I do, I do like this question. Um, I would say that a, a great way to do that is when we go do laundromats or when we go do, mm. uh, you know, we're, we were talking yesterday about going and feeding in Port Arthur, some homeless, homeless ministry. And, and those are real opportunities to actually tell someone about the gospel. Yeah. That's a great place to do it. And you're going to hear your heart beating in your head <laughs> in the midst of it because you're so scared, Yeah, but you're there with other people. And my goodness, it's so much easier when you have, you know, three or four of the brothers there with you challenging you. I mean, and and in that moment, it's like, are you going to punk out in front of your friends or are you going (laughs) to, you know. I heard
1: that word since the 90s. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: you know, and and maybe you still will cripple in fear, but there's accountability there, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, if you're done and someone's like, well, tell me about the conversations you had. And there was no fruit to that. They could say, well let's mm. talk about that right mm-hmm. and but but always go let me let me tell you whenever i first started preaching i would be terrified mm. to go on stage but i had decided a long time ago because i'm not you, mean, you know me like i'm i'm not the most outgoing right Extra. i'm not an extrovert i'm right. not like a crazy introvert but i'm not like a crazy extrovert You're somewhere in the middle somewhere in the middle yeah, yeah. i've got a good balance <laughs> that's how i like to view it uh <laughs> But when I would get on stage, um, I'd be terrified. But I had decided when I surrendered to ministry, there was this real moment where I was with with God in prayer, and it was like, you know what? This idea of me going into ministry is terrifying to me. But mm. but I'm going to I'm going to take advantage of every single opportunity that you give me. Right. And I've stuck to that. So if God opens up a door for me to speak in some kind of environment, even though like I'm absolutely hor- horrified by it. Mm. Uh, I've stepped through that door and, and t- taken it as God has opened a door for me to do that. And so, um, you know, there've been times where maybe I did fail at that, but I've tried to make that my, my decision making process. And so the reason I say that is take every opportunity to go to these things. So if we have a laundromat, go to every single laundromat. Yeah. And it may be that maybe the first time you don't step out in faith and, and share your faith. Maybe, mm. maybe you do, you know, get scared and and for whatever reason, you can't do it. Don't look at that as defeat and walk away. Mm -hmm. Look at that as okay. Next time I'm going to do better. Yeah. And and I'm going to, I'm going to do this again. Just keep going after it and, and take opportunities like that to, to let it happen. You know, eventually it will. And, and the more that you do it, the easier it'll get to where at some point you're going to be like, I know this stuff and I can ease, I've had the conversations with people and then it, beca- you know, then you're talking to your neighbor and it's like, sure. it becomes so much easier because you've already done it. Mm-hmm. But those are great opportunities because you got someone there almost holding your hand through it, you know? yeah.
1: Equip classes. Yeah. Equipped classes, study.
0: Yeah. Learn, learn. I mean, and if education is an issue there, we have opportunity for that.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you know, I would say too, like, um, I know it was my question, but like, if, as far as laundromat and, you know, taking meals to the homeless guys and stuff like that, like we, we want to try to build those relationships with people in our community and, and, and do outreach. That's the one part of it. But the other part of it is we want to train our people to then understand how to do that like you said with their neighbor. Yeah. And I don't know that they always connect the dots. Like you were saying one time somebody and it's happened to me too, like, hey, take this roll of quarters and so you can pay for those people's laundry. And yeah. I'm like, that's not why we're going. That's you know, no like, point. Yeah. We're not it, we're not there just to pay for people's laundry. If you're laundry. not gonna be there, don't you know yeah. don't worry about giving me the money. Yeah. And and yeah, th- you know, first time around I think we like put quarters in the things and you know, I get all that. But the reason we do it obviously get out and try to reach these people but it's so that we can train our own people too to be comfortable doing that in their lives we
0: view it like the the time when Jesus sends his disciples out 2 by 2 yeah because mm-hmm. i go out and you know, they may come back and they like kind of work it out and talk to it and mm-hmm. he's training them that's what he's doing in that moment he's like I'm no I'm not gonna be here for very much longer and you guys need to know how to do this stuff because you're gonna start the church and yeah. you need to know what you're doing and so he he literally sends them out and so for us that's what those things are when we do the laundromat and when we do uh, you know this mill thing that we're talking about per author uh, these are opportunities where we're there with you mm-hmm. uh, to help you through it and and also to have that level of accountability because really most people a lot of people in our church have been in church for a long time. Now some of them haven't, but sure. there's a lot of them who aren't doing this who know it. They've been they know they've been in every Bible study. They know the Bible. Right. It's not an issue of not knowing. It's an issue yeah. of fear. And if so that if that's the issue, really all you need is a little push, a little mm-hmm. accountability. And so if you're there with other people, that that definitely helps. So that would be my my challenge to you is is to I mean, those of you who are listening, is, um, you know, when the opportunity arises, take the opportunity. Yeah. And, and and allow that to slowly but surely right. get you to a point to where you're super comfortable doing it because now when I get up and preach I'm not scared anymore <laughs> right I'm not yeah. I'm not walking up there with my heart pounding in my chest I've got I've done taking the opportunities enough that God has given me mm-hmm. to where now it's it's almost second nature yeah um and so that would be my and
1: so that can happen for being a witness too the more yeah, exactly. baby steps you take towards it the better take, you're going to get take some
0: it. steps towards obedience now you're not taking a leap you're not going to you don't right. necessarily have to jump out and go to your neighbor's house and be like, let me <laughs> tell you about Jesus. Because <laughs> right? Right, then yeah. you're going to throw up. But <laughs> you can take a step towards obedience. Come to the laundromat. And mm-hmm. even if you don't feel comfortable saying your faith the first time, maybe you're just there and around and seeing people doing it. And there's right. there's a level of accountability. And then the next time you go and the next time you go, and eventually you, you step out and you do it. Yeah,
1: That's good. That's good stuff. Um, Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to hear... Uh, Sunday on the where that's probably my favorite one uh, just because we've been discussing a lot of this stuff internally yeah and uh, and I, I'm excited to hear about that I'm excited to hear about our plans and we have a mission trip plan to Honduras mm-hmm. coming up um, if you're going to be here this Sunday we have a meeting our first meeting yeah um, on that there's a ton of information and if you are considering going you need to be at this meeting because some of that information is going to be critical to whether you're gonna actually go or
0: not. Yeah, this is one of those opportunity things. Yeah. By the way, too. So. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, I, I, the money part of it's difficult for some people, but you know you can do fundraising and stuff. You got plenty of time. It's not until October. Right. But I would challenge everybody to at least come hear mm-hmm. the spiel about. Yeah. You know, here's what we're doing. You know. That's what we do. Um, just come, sit down, and listen. And you, this the first meeting is not a commitment of you saying yes, I'm going. It's you hearing about what yeah. is this all about. And so mm-hmm. I would. I would challenge you come and check this out come and listen and see what this meeting is about and maybe it doesn't work out for you this time but right. maybe at least you can hear all the details Yeah,
1: and we have a lot coming up. So we have uh, (laughs) our Passion Week uh, we have coming up. You're gonna want to make it to that. We got kind of more details to come on that, but it's pretty much the week of Easter. We're gonna do all kinds of you know three or four services, and you know really make them intentional. We're gonna pass out flyers Mm -hmm. before that, and so we're really counting on everybody to be committed to doing that and to getting the word out. and And so we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But have that on your hearts that you know that's coming up. And, uh, and be in prayer for our kids going to Mission Arlington. I mean, there's just so much. Yeah. And and we want to do all this with intentionality, not yeah. just to have church. And I think it all culminates in what you've been saying yeah. to go.
0: As we plan stuff, we are filtering it through these yeah. four things. We're not just going to have events to have events. We're filtering right. through, does this fit our vision? Because we can only do so much, and we're going to try to expend every amount of effort and energy we have in the right in the right place
1: absolutely all right guys well that's all we have for you today god bless you and we'll see you in church
0: thank you so much for listening and we always welcome you to join us at fellowship church in Nederland, texas where we gather grow give and go